Today's episode is brought to you by Fly Sheridan, operated by SkyWest Airlines. Save time, fly local, fly Sheridan. They have a newly remodeled terminal and construction for additional parking underway. Sheridan is quickly becoming one of the busiest airports in the region. Book your direct flight to Denver today via united.com. Fly Sheridan. Welcome back to another episode of Go Be Wyo. Today's guest, I sit down with Wyoming Taxpayers Association Executive Director Ashley Harpstreet. She covers the special session that went on at the end of 2021 and also gives me a recap of upcoming bills, issues, and items for the legislative session for 2022. She provides great information on the upcoming general budget and how we should look at the K-12 budget moving forward. Ashley Harpstreet from Wyoming Taxpayers Association. Um, you just got out of a committee meeting, right? Oh, well, there's lots of committee meetings going on right now. So um, joint appropriations is meeting, oh. uh, preparing the budget for the 2022 session. And so basically what they're doing is talking, uh, the governor presented his budget last week. Okay. And that's um, a constitutional duty he does to uh, provide recommendations to the legislature. And he usually presents that to the Joint Appropriations Committee. And then um, they'll take the next couple of weeks going through each agency and comparing the budget uh, that the governor's laid out, which is kind of a roadmap for them. And then um, each agency's exemption request, you know, they there might not be things the governor included that um, they might argue to put back in or take out. And so sure. they start whittling away and kind of meet in the middle. Usually um, with this legislature and this governor, they've stayed pretty close Yeah. um, to all their recommendations. Um, Just maybe nuances that pop up along the way or um, different issues that might arise um, as they go through each agency. So uh, because of our, that special session they had in October, so joint appropriations would be meeting anyways, but since they had that special session, uh, they kind of got backlogged on some of their committee meetings. And right. So it's all happening now. Um, so we have joint appropriations plus all of our other committee meetings that we missed in October. Okay. Very cool. Well, uh, first up, we are going to tackle, um, you've got it pulled up here, the Tax Reform 2000 Committee, um, and kind of kind of an overview, right, of some things we've already yeah. talked about twice before. But um, this will be good for everyone out there you know, how our revenue goes in the state, you know, what are some big issues that we need to tackle um, or what the legislative um, and the governor or legislation, sorry, is tackling right now. So Ashley, I'll let you kind of whirl through these ones real quick. Okay. So um, this is just a brief overview of our tax structure and um, how we got to where we are today. Mm -hmm. Uh, So since the inception of our severance tax and in the 1970s, Wyoming's tax structure has been beholden to that boom and bust nature of our legacy industries. By the late 1990s, the writing was on the wall as there are major deficits in, in rising costs of education. Um, sounds pretty cyclical and and uh, the same for today. Um, in 1997, Wyoming Taxpayers Association Executive Director Michael Wald Newman collaborated with Governor Jim Geringer's office to create a discussion on Wyoming's tax, tax structure for the um, our WTA annual meeting. The debate was is if we started from scratch uh, to, to recreate a, a tax structure, what would it look like? And if we implemented these changes now, how different would the finances of the state look? Uh, so post-meeting, this discussion moved forward. And as the WTA Executive Director, uh, Michael Wald Newman, 
help write a draft bill to create a tax committee appropriately named Tax Reform 2000. Um, this special tax committee created a bipartisan recommendation. And then all the, and there's over 50 to 60 recommendations. They all stay the same for today. Wyoming, but basically, if you look at this slide, it, it's it in a nutshell, and there's a link at the bottom. Um, we have tons of resources on this study on our website. Um, but basically what it says is that uh, at the time, Wyoming's tax structure is an equitable and stable lax balance. And at, at that time, almost 75% of the state's tax revenue was generated by property tax, severance taxes, and sales and use taxes from our minerals industry. So if you fast forward to today, which is 21 years and counting, sad to say much of it remains the same. However, we have slightly moved the needle as 32 actions have been taking, uh, taken by the legislature based on the recommendations from Tax Reform 2000. And there have been about uh, 50 to 60 additional bills that have been introduced uh, or you know, somewhat defeated. Yeah. So that's tax rule. Let me see if I can move this forward. They go to this. Yeah, as you, as you work on that, you know, I think everyone can be, relate to, you know, um, you know, it's unstable, of course, the boom and bust, no balance, um, and then the the inequitable, uh, ah, inequitable, inequitable. You know, Sheridan in particular is seeing a lot of, you know, you've got these middle class uh, people that work and have jobs and have kids and they're like, we can't afford to live here, you know? And so I think that really hits home and that's probably across the whole state of Wyoming. Um, and then, uh, we'll kind of drive into the property taxes, severance tax. You know, we have moved that a little bit, but I think, you know, 75%, that's a lot to move. Yeah. Um, so, so that was in 2000, it was about 75%, 06, it was about 67%. And then last year it was about 54%. So we have diversified, but also our legacy industries, we know the consumption of power is changing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and how we use that. So that's automatically made us go to that, that model. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we're still very dependent. So if you just look at our, our tax structure holistically, uh, I think it's important that you understand how that tax structure is made up. Um, and this is all fiscal year 2019. 41% uh, okay. was raised through property tax, which 47% of that was accounted for through mineral production. So 47% of our budget still relies on mineral production. General sales tax accounts for 31%, while severance tax accounts for 21% of Wyoming's revenues. Other taxes equate for about 7%, which are things like fuel tax, cigarette and alcohol taxes, insurance premium taxes, franchise taxes, and the wind generation tax. Uh, so I know before I got into that this job, I was like, well, what about sin taxes? You know, is there is there room to grow there? Um, because we haven't raised our beer tax um, in, uh, like, I think since the early 1900s. Right. But it's just such a small piece of the, of the whole picture. So the big thing is, is um, property sales tax, and then, of course, income tax, which we certainly enjoy not having. So it really um, lies in the sales and property tax. Yeah. Um, let's see. I just and think then, this. Oh, go ahead. I, yeah. As you get going to the next one, you know, I, I always love going over this with you or uh, Dave Kinski. You know, we had him on and he's on the uh, Appropriations Committee. Yeah. And for people to look at the numbers, you know, when we have this conversation is like, you need to know one, we don't have a lot of, we don't have a big population. So that, that really lies into kind of what you just said about the alcohol tax. Like, yeah, we can bump it up, but unless you're encouraging everyone to have a drink, every day, you know, like 
they ain't going to do nothing. So it's always good to look at the numbers and the percentages and see where it's right. coming from. Well, and that's, an, that's a small excise tax, and so that's never going to carry the water for us. I mean, exactly. really what we need to be relying on is our property and sales tax. And Sheridan being um, both having uh, – you know, rich properties and then having mineral wealth and having a tourism industry where, which is where you see those sales taxes grow. Um, You know, Teton County has the most exaggerated sales tax collections and um, is able to outweigh uh, our system that I'm going to talk about now, the burden of our, of our low population and um, low, low tax structure for the individual they can kind of outpace that a little bit with their sales tax because it's so exaggerated uh, by the by the tourism industry. Sure, but I think sense. this this is one of the most important slides and and um, points I can drive home about our tax structure right now. Um, so this is from this is sourced from the state of Wyoming, and this is just around state of Wyoming t- uh, taxes. This has nothing to do with the federal taxes you pay in. That goes into a whole different bucket. Um, yeah, that's used a whole different way. This is just to take care of uh, of of what we have to take care of at home and the resources we have to pay for it. So, for a three person family with an income of sixty five thousand, owning a home valued at two hundred fifty thousand, um, for a family of three, the average taxes they pay in is three thousand seven hundred seventy dollars, but receive twenty eight thousand two hundred eighty dollars back. So what that's going to pay um, for is like law enforcement, public works, leisure and rec, transportation, healthcare, and education. Um, and so just to simplify this equation, for every dollar you and I put in, Aaron, we get $7.74 back. Yep. Now, someone else is paying that gap, and that is our legacy industries. And that's, um, you know, like it or hate it, that is, that's the truth of it. And um, that's why we're beholden to the boom and bust. So yes. when we bust, we go in the negative and have to make up that amount. And um, that's when we usually dip into our rainy day f- funds or our trust funds to to make up the difference and transfer dollars in. But um, and, I would, and, I, and I would say, you know, another conversation point is some people out there um, are saying, you know, they're they're willing to have the conversation of, well, let's cut down all those public services, um, which. I think needs to be a conversation. That's quite a big, you know, that's a seven, uh, sure. seven times, you know, I mean, you know, if that's investing, that's great. But you know, when it comes down to cost, you know, that's, that's not a great, that's uh, a great balance. point. Yes. Yeah. That's a great point. And I'm going to, I'm getting to that. I think my next yeah. slide. Um, so what, what is that? What does that look like? You know, where, um, especially on the services side and um, love or hate our legislature or governor, um, no two ways about it. They're very conservative. Um, mm-hmm. They might have different ways to skin the cat, but they all, uh, I would say for the most part, it's just the level of conservatism yeah. um, that you think is appropriate. But um, if you look at this graph, this is really important. So the top line is all the appropriations. So you can see in um, 2010, we were appropriating about $4.1 billion. If you fast forward to this time last year, you and I were having the same conversation and the governor had to go in and, and work on a supplemental budget because of COVID. And so last summer he, um, or not this last summer, the summer before, summer 2020, you know, yeah. they, they they froze everything. They froze hiring. They, they um, closed rest stops. They just like stopped the brakes. And then he worked on a supplemental bu- budget and he was able to cut um, another 40% 
let me see here. Let me get my numbers up right. Um, so they were they were able to cut uh, the they'd set the budget the year before. So they were at two point eight and they dropped it to two point five um, yeah. billion dollars. And then basically the legislature last uh, last year this time ratified that decision. So if you take from where they appropriated 4.1 billion in 2010 until last year, which was 2.5 billion, that's over 40%. So when you talk about cutting those services, um, I think they've actually, and again, I'm very conservative as well. They have done a very good job of cutting those services. Now it's to the point of um, just feeling the pain if they cut anymore, you know, and people are going to really, and that's going to be my, what I leave food for thought of, of what are you willing to pay for? Yep. Are our legislators willing to fund? Um, but they've done a huge, huge cut. And so the recommended budget that just came in for this next biennium is 2.3 billion. So it's cut even further. Sure. And I, I will commend Governor Gordon. I mean, that was something he hung his hat on when he got elected, you know, as platform would be fiscally responsible. And um, like you said, 40% last year, and now he even cut some more. So, I mean, he might uh, probably getting close to 50% of cutting it, but um, that is the conversation. And we'll move into that. I, I think people need to discuss what are you willing to lose? What are you, um, you know, what services do we have to cut moving forward? I think that's, that this is where we're at. So, right. So we're just going to take a step back before yeah. we look forward, uh, just to, again, to know where, um, what we've walked into. Um, so let's see, as we look in, um, to the 21, 22 biennium due to the pending $1.9 trillion American rescue plan act or ARPA funding, the consensus was drawn quickly between the Senate and the house for the fiscal year 21, 22 supplemental budget, which stayed very close to the governor's original recommendation of about 15% or 430 million in cuts to the general fund, which again, brought that back down to 2.5 billion with the elimination of 324 predominantly vacant positions. So they were mostly vacant and they realized where they were going to trim the fat and grow, grow from, but still over 300 positions were eliminated. Mm -hmm. um, and so then uh, the budget impacts by agency, 118.5 million for department of health, 23 million for department of corrections, 16.5 million for Department of Family Services, 8.9 million for um, Department of Ministry, E and I. I forgot the acronym. I think it's. Uh, I'd have to look at that. Sure. Um, why it's nice to have my computer. With uh, uh they with do those, they do administration stuff. Yeah, with those full time positions, I you know how how was this calculated? You know the um, information. Those 430 million cuts you know, in the, the full-time part-time, you know, is that including benefits and all that stuff that those full-time, oh, sure. yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. Okay. But for sure that, but then also, um, other, other things like just cutting the agencies. So department of administration and information, I wanted to say insurance. I'm like, that's wrong. Um, so, so yeah, they, they spent the appropriators, uh, had a really hard, or in the middle of a really hard couple of years of really just taking it to the bone. Um, I also want to make the big point of this is completely separate from the school foundation program um, that is funded a completely different way yeah. for our K-12 funding. So this is the general fund that funds basically everything, um, but that Wyoming Department of Transportation, 
and like game and fish is on its own fee structure. So there's a couple nuances to it. Um, but the, the big, the big elephant in the room is education. So I'd say everything on that side has been cut, but K-12 has stayed the same. Yeah. And I remember to that today, but yeah, if um, we can, that'd be great. Cause I know we've talked about it the last time you were on. And then when Dave was here, that was also another, you know, the big elephant in the room is, you know, guess what? Everyone except K-12 is in the general budget and then K-12 is their own little animal. So yeah, um, yeah but um, no, that's good. These numbers are great to see. And this was, this was last year. This was last year. So March of last year, this is the, um, what we came out with. Wonderful. So then um, I know Sheridan is an extremely innovative place. Um, so what does this mean for economic de uh, development and diversification? Um, so those were the exact thoughts of our former revenue chairman, Mike Madden, who's also from your area. He wanted to draw out the data to quantify changes in our economy. So in June 2018, Regional Economics Models Incorporated, otherwise known as REMI, presented fiscal impacts of economic diversification under Wyoming's current tax structure to the Joint Revenue Committee. Looking at four different industries, oil and gas, chemical manufacturing, utilities, and food manufacturing, namely in agricultural products, and then comparing existing tax structures in Wyoming to other similarly situated states, Utah, North Dakota, and Kentucky, Remy said under its current tax structure, Wyoming's effort to stimulate non-resource sectors in the state presents fiscal challenges. Only growing in resource sectors has significant positive fiscal impacts. Um, in summary, due to our current tax structure, this is why it is hard for us to diversify streams. So if you are anything, um, if you're growing an industry per 100 jobs, anything outside of minerals, it is going to cost the state money. The, the expenditures outpace the revenues. Um, and that's why that ended that cost of services because of our services. So we're working on cutting. Um, we can look at some other corporate types of taxes, but then you just single out an industry. Whereas if our individuals are open to paying more, it doesn't matter what industry we recruit. The, the base will lift it. Sure. Uh, and that, that's not what I'm advocating for. I'm just, right. that is the, that is the, um, the problem. Mm -hmm. So right now, still with our minerals revenue, we're able to make up for that. And we haven't been forced to um, tax the individuals at higher rates. Um, but that, that's, that's the inequity and that's where it lies. Our yeah. school foundation program is cut, um, or still is at a $300 million structural shortfall. And luckily with the ARPA dollars, uh, they were able to. Um, uh, yeah, cover that shortfall. Yeah, yep. Exactly. With, with some strings attached, but we don't need to get right. into that. But Right. Um, right. And I know enough to be dangerous on all the ARPA dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, to go back into the infrastructure, you know, being. Um, you know, I know a lot of guys, uh, really people, you know, that I went to school with that have left the state, they've got tech jobs or they're coming back, you know, they have, uh, you know, whatever the tech industry is, manufacturing. And something that they always told me the last couple of years was infrastructure. You know, tech companies would love to come here and whatever that is, whatever that entails. But as you mentioned, it's our services and our infrastructure. You know, what are some things that you know, the problem is it's going to cost money. And I think that's, right. I think everyone has to admit to that, but um, you know, what are some things we've been looking at or maybe some things we haven't been talking about that, you know, could help, you know, bring some of these tech companies here, bring a couple hundred people jobs. Sure. 
Well, and again, if we do bring those jobs, we have to educate those kids and it doesn't do anything for our budget. Yeah. Um, and again, as a disclaimer, as a former economic developer, do not let your foot off the gas. We, we need to bring different industries and diversify and, and look for opportunities for our citizens. But um, that's the, the structural issue that our legislature has to deal with. Um, you know, infrastructure, I know with ARPA dollars, there's going to be in the the IIJ Act. Uh, it's the, let me make sure I say that right. It's the new federal funding that Obama just um, passed, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Oh, uh, the there's going to be a, by Biden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, gotcha. We're going to have a ton of opportunities with that. And that kind of brings me to my last slide. Um, what policy choices are leaders willing to make? What services are Wyoming citizens willing to pay for? Um, I would say, like, as I reflect on the impacts of the pandemic, I think the best example of the cuts to services and the tenacity of business and community um, is the Chugwater rest stop. And I'm going to get back to your question, but sure. I yeah. it just kind of shows you the chicken and egg scenario. So in the summer of 2020, uh, the governor asked agencies to pull back where they could. And one of the actions taken was closing rest stops, which YDOT did on its own. Uh, the community of Chugwater was devastated by this action and pulled together collectively to pay for the reopening of their rest stop as they felt like it was an economic driver in the community. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of makes me wonder, like, what else, you know, when we're talking about cutting things, what what could we do better as individuals and businesses? Yes. So that's a great example. Um, but also on this like road to recovery, we need to think about moving forward. What are the services as we as citizens we do need and are willing to pay for? Um, what are those policy choices that might provide a brighter future for our, our unstable tax structure um, that are going to be some hard choices for our elected legislators? Uh, this is going to be hard for them to be pushed into making those choices because we are flushed with cash um, with uh, luckily our rebound and and minerals um, and then also with uh, federal stimulus dollars. Uh, whether it's the IJA account, the ARPA, or the CARES that they're still finishing up um, appropriating yeah. that. Right. But the most recent, um, locally and in, in our state, the most recent cons consensus revenue estimating group or the Craig report that you'll see in headlines, um, yeah. that's the group that has like the Oil and Gas Commission, um, Department of Revenue, like there's uh, a bunch of different fiscal policy estimates experts on this panel that look at all the um, the receipts coming in and the futures. And um, they noted just as they anticipate revenues coming in, the rebounds in oil and gas prices combined with ARPA funds has the state looking at a total surplus of $1.3 billion. Whoa. So do we need to do anything? Um, <laughs> and so, you know, the governor, he was able to Still, and I applaud him, he went in, it would have been easy not to, um, because there's a lot of money flying at us right now. Um, but he went in with that conservative $2.3 billion biennium budget. But he did note, and I will, and on the other side of it, if the, if the state sustains further cuts, we risk jeopardizing the delivery of current services. Right. Um, so the, the thing I leave your listeners with and you with Aaron is, do we fix the roof while the sun is shining or do we kick the can down the road and wait till we're, we're forced to make up that, that big, um, yeah. uh, big gap deficit. between the services and, and the taxes individuals pay. 
Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, um, those ARPA dollars and the cares, like those are great. And, you know, we needed it through a pandemic, but I think, you know, we can't rely on, you know, just getting bailed out. You know, I think there's, you know, and, and, uh, I will say being a guy from the oil and gas industry, COVID did hyperspeed kind of the guys, we have a problem with this boom and bust and here it is. And I think, um, I think most people would agree. And I think, you know, times are changing and maybe we got to start looking at, you know, different industries. You've got nuclear, you know, uranium, we've got that here in Wyoming. So a lot of different things. But, um, I mean, we're leading the charge and legislation there. I don't know what that means still. But. Yeah. Well, um, I, I've reached out to Kraken. You know, they were the first crypto bank to set up a charter. I've reached out to them like, let's have this conversation. Wyoming people need to know what this is and what that means for our state. And, you know, no free shout outs to Kraken. But like, you know, tell me what cryptocurrency means for my state, you know, and um, whoever who was in charge of that. I think that was Loomis. Right. So same thing. You know, Cynthia Loomis needs to come on and tell me what's that mean for our state. Can we get a charter up in Sheridan? You know, Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention on the overview? You know, I think I do. That's it. So that's kind of where yeah. we land. And, and now the Joint Revenue Committee is going to be meeting next week. Um, we just got that agenda um, literally on Friday late in the afternoon. Um, I have and I, that's what I was just double checking. I, I think I have them all consolidated what they're looking at. There's not major um, changes proposed. They're all very small little lever pulls. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what this what what this group does i think um in a budget session which will start february 14th uh all revenue generating bills start in the house always yes and um with the with the budget you have to have two third if it's outside of um if they're trying to pass any legislation outside of the the general budget it needs a two-thirds introductory vote so this being a campaign year for pretty much everyone um, yes. and they have redistricting going on. Um, I don't see much coming out of the drawer. Yeah. This year. And and we got, you know, and, and we have a surplus, hopefully, you know, if this year is really good, um, governor cut some more. So we're kind of, you know, setting the stage for nothing real crazy, um, which is interesting. So that's always, always good notes to have. Um, well, what do you want to tackle next? K-12? Um, yeah, we can briefly talk um, limited about special districts and um, yeah. K-12, I think is kind of interesting of other revenue sources that um, we have going in and then um, how K-12 is funded. Um, I was looking, I was waiting for WDE. I didn't get the percentages I wanted quite yet, but I, I can share those to you and you could dive down and I could get you some um, experts in education. Yeah. Um, they, they're not only funded by our property tax, but minerals. Um, actually, if you get a speeding ticket, you're funded, you're funding K-12 education. Um, your registration fees go to funding education. Uh, they have a lot of pots of money that goes just to its own little bucket of um, funding for the school foundation program. Yeah. Um, I was just looking at that, what I sent over to you. Uh, yeah, One. so we have our own, um, you have your countywide uh, levy mills that fund it. Um, and then the state uh, the state mill levies that go towards it, property sales, cash reserves if they need to, 
Um, there's also delinquent tax penalty and interest. So if someone's delinquent on their taxes and they're paying penalties and interest, that goes into a pot of money that that uh, funds education. So it's extremely complicated and not straightforward. Um, and it takes a lot of money to fund each kid at about 16,000 per year. Mm -hmm. um, on the other side of the services, on looking at cutting and how do we consolidate, there's been a bill several times they've tried to run. I just to study looking at the school districts. Um, we have 23 counties, everybody knows, and we have 48 school districts. Yeah. Um, 90,000 kids in that school and the, the entire school district. In the city of Aurora, just to put it in perspective, in Denver, there's 90,000 kids in that school district and one superintendent. So, um, but this legislature at this point has not been willing just to even look to study it. So it's kind of been the sacred cow, um, which, you know, I have kids in the throes of it. It's very complicated. So they just continue to work through it. Um, the well, other thing I think, oh, go ahead. Yeah, just to stop you, I mean, you covered you know, mill levies, you know, tickets, you know, delinquent taxes, you know, it's its own budget, you know, there's all these different pots. I mean, just right there, it's like, okay, you know, if someone's looking at this to try and reform or look at how it's funded, it's like, holy cow, like, how can we even have a conversation about this, you know, because I think that's, in, in, that's just the tip of the iceberg of probably mm -hmm. what funds it, where the money's go, and then, um, you know, we're probably going to discuss, you know, how that money's divvied out, you know, the 16,000. And, um, yeah, so, it, you know, that is something I will say a lot of people that have been eyeing this situation have said this, you know, we need to look at maybe consolidating districts, you know, I, you know, it's a conversation we need to have, I think. Yeah. I mean, Sheridan County, do you guys have four or five? We have three. Three. Okay. Three. Yeah. I think but they probably, County has seven. They're the largest. Yeah in the back yeah. of the book. I know right here. They, they we probably could have one, you know. I, right. right. Same amount of teachers and you, you don't close schools. It's just, you know, do you have one purchasing agent? So one, not to pick on my friends that are business managers of school districts, but one one power to purchase for the whole county, you know, um, that's what they've been looking at. So um, see Fremont County. Yeah, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight eight districts in Fremont. So, so that's, you, know, you know, and some it, are just it, one school. So like Dubois just has one school and that's its own school district. Same with Shoshone. Yeah. So, and there's the conversation. I had this conversation with uh, representative Western about, you know, we have this conversation of districts, you know, maybe that's athletics too. Cause you know, athletics is right. can get pretty expensive and, you know, I'm a coach and I benefit from that. And, but, you know, like we got to start looking at different options here, you know, right. honestly. So, right. But I mean, I think in other communities, it could benefit them. These, some of the small, 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 like 1A schools that have, what is it? Five year football game, five man football, right? Yeah. Six man. Yep. Six. Man, in the, yep. I don't have to be dangerous in this too. Um, <laughs> but you know, if they can join with other schools, would they have a better football team? Um, not to take away from that. I know I'm going to upset someone by saying that, but the, there's some opportunities just change is hard and it's uncomfortable yes. uh, yep. to talk yep. about. So, you know, the, those are the hard decisions that the policymakers are going to continue to, to discuss. Um, so it's very complicated on how it's paid into the system. And then there's some counties um, with what they levy on um, their property taxes uh, that uh, make more than they need to pay for the, for the school children. 
But because of uh, court cases in Campbell County in the early two, 2000s and late 90s, um, our state and the, the way our constitution reads is every, every child has a, a fair and adequate and equal opportunity for education. Um, right. The state decided you send all your money up and then we set like basically a block grant for each community and then we pay it back out depending on how many kids you have and 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 they fund it $16,000 per kid. But that doesn't always pencil out. So for example, um, like Elk Mountain, and I'm again, not, I'm just stating the facts, not picking on a community. They right. have two kids in their school district. So I think it's like 80 grand per kid to, to fund those kids. Um, yep. So they get way more down just to do it at the, at the, at the program that our, our state sets. So it averages to about 16,000 per case. Yes. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. Um, so there, it's just very complicated. Um, they did a really good job last year at recalibration. And I thought the Senate did an excellent job at going through and, and methodically um, looking at where they could, they could trim. Um, but it just all got thrown out the window as soon as those ARPA dollars came down. Sure. And the magic number of 300 million was shortfalled. And the magic number of 300 million came in, in ARPA dollars. So coincidence. No, yeah, <laughs> it was straight up a coincidence, but it, it uh, solved itself and they decided to shelf it and, and deal with it for another day. So, you know, our group would certainly advocate that we need to keep having proactive conversations to be responsible for our future. Um, but it's not politically correct or popular. <laughs> well, and that's why we're having this conversation, because I think we need to have these conversations. Um, what were some of the things that the Senate was working up? You know, I, I feel like the, the block grant system, I think that's something that, you know, again, we're not attacking some communities, but, you know, um, it, it might almost be reversing those cases in Campbell County. But it's right. like, well, sorry, if we're doing really well, how is that our problem? You know, right. like, you know, and um, and that's a conversation about smaller no. communities and stuff like that. But yeah, so the block grant's really interesting. So um, you each school district gets an amount and um, is able to fund. So if you have, I'm going to use these even numbers. You have 100 kids. You're able to fund a um, for based on the formula. You form so you can um, fund so many teachers for those 100 kids, which is supposed to be a 16 to one ratio. Some school districts, because they take the grant money in and they're able to to best use it to their ability, might um, give teachers pay raises and there's nothing wrong with that uh, because there's no way I could um, do what our educators do. And I, I do feel like they're underpaid. Um, they might fund their teachers at a higher level and have less teachers. Uh, so there's, there's money out there that uh, say they get 20 positions, they might only fund 15, but then they're funded for five extra positions benefits that is never used. So they talked about cutting ghost employees Absolutely. They label, um, label it as ghost employees. And I think that was like a 30, 20, 30 million dollar savings. Um, there was just like a lot of little low hanging fruits that didn't affect the classroom or current education um, that they really looked at. Uh, there were some other like transportation things they were looking at. I don't know. They're, they're athletics. Um, our school district in Cheyenne, Laramie County, one went ahead and cut athletics for K through six which a lot, of, um, a lot of our school districts already don't do after school activities for K through six. It's all club. 
yeah, club stuff. I don't know if that's how it is in Sheridan. Yeah. Um, I came from Goshen and there were no, like it was all club basketball until you got into seventh grade and you started doing all the junior high yep. things. That's the um, same. Yeah. So I think, you know, but they were doing it to, you know, okay, we're not going to spend this money because we know this is coming. So some of the, the school districts have started to be proactive in, in low hanging fruit items. Right. Um, we just can't live the way we used to, unfortunately, um, because of our revenue picture. And, and if, you know, hey, if all 500 of our thousand of our citizens think this is something we want to pay for and the state should provide it, then talk to your legislator and, you know, we need to figure out revenues to pay for it. Yeah. So I'm right. not advocating one way or the other. Just right now, we have the champagne taste on the beer budget. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. And and I would also second what you said about Cheyenne. Um, is go to the school board meetings. You know, right. that's been a big talk up here too about different issues, but it's kind of like, you know, this is why when Zach and I started Go BYO, we had a lot of school board positions open. And it's like, you need to know who these people are because they make the decisions on certain things, i.e. budget, you know, how that's spent and how they dictate. And it's, you know, people get an uproar and it's like, well, you need to be more educated right. and talk to your people and talk to your local people. Anyways. Um, and, and it's very complicated. And it is. Um, you know, I give kudos, even if I don't agree with them, any legislator or elected official to the, I, I think the school board would actually be the hardest level of all levels of electeds I've worked with. Um, it's not black and white. And so yeah. I would just urge uh, all your listeners, I mean, it's great if they're on this podcast and um, to continue listening to you and, and seek out other resources to understand. It is not, we love to say it should be run like a business, but it's not, it's just not a business. <laughs> Cause it'd be so much easier to control an accounts payable and receivable. Yep. Um, but tax dollars are weird and they fluctuate and there's so many outside causes that make it go up and down. So just really be educated and understand they're, they're doing the best they can. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, just a little backstory to what I was talking about, you know, Sheridan County, we were fighting the mat. Like we have a group here fight that was fighting the mask thing. Yeah. And it's like, you guys are out of your mind. Like these guys are all about education and the kids and the, you know, and it's like, that's anyways it was kind of like you're not educated in what's going on here and you're making these guys' job way much harder than it needs to be yeah um so anyways yeah so yeah, they have yeah. bigger fish to fry than exactly yeah yeah, yeah they gotta yeah. deal with kids and anyway so right budget um i do want you to before you go because i uh, you sent me this before and i was kind of like i don't know what that is um so special districts yeah, um, that's, that. that's a way uh, that we get revenue um and then um, I don't know, I don't know, because I think I'm still confused on the mill levies, because yeah. um, that's a constitutional tax, apparently. Um, correct. Correct. Some of it is. Yes. OK. OK. Yeah. So I don't know what would come first or how they play um, into each other. Yeah. So let me just talk a little bit about property tax and then special districts and, and ways we've kind of because of our, our tax structure and um, not able to fund some services that we need. Uh, there's been creation legislation to create special districts. Okay. And so um, I would invite everybody to go to yotax.org, W-Y-O-T-A-X.org. And if you go to our publications and reports, I put out a property tax book um, every year and it, it's just brand new. Um, and it's really cool. It can show, shows all the property taxes, all the valuations um, for the whole state by county. And then it drills into your county and um, it gives an introduction that, um, we need a whole nother two hours to go through how property tax works. Um, and I just know very high level anyway. So you're, you're going to get the, 
Cliff Notes version. Um, but it goes into the introduction of, of how that works and then how taxes are derived and then um, what those lab levies look like. And so, yes, for I'm, I'm not going to dive too much into property tax, but I want to talk about special districts. Um, there is a, a 12 mil um, limit we can we can do to limit mills for um, our education or well, six mills for school. And then the other six mills uh, is for whatever they're they're working on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then outside of that, if there's legislation created for special districts, they're able to leverage additional mills um, for other services that they might need, like an irrigation district, a recreation district. Um, I mean, there's museum districts. There's a gazillion different things because we have over 800, 800 taxing authorities. Oh. And so there's $1.2 billion collected for these special districts a year with over 900 million in reserves. Um, so th this is a whole different animal outside of our, our traditional property tax. Um, right. So if you're wondering like what a mill costs you when they, they're talking about adding two or three mills on your, on your uh, maybe I can share this on, let's see if I can share on your screen. Um, this is a great example. Ooh, hold on. Let me see if I can get that. I'm sorry. I thought it was. Yeah, no, you're okay. So as, you're, as you're grabbing that. So the special districts are separate, separate from other property taxes. Is that what I'm understanding? Yep. And I'm trying to figure out. Okay, here we go. This is how it is. Okay. Yes, they are. Um, so if you're trying to calculate your property tax and how a mill would affect the bottom line of what you pay out. And also it's good to think about if they ever talk about changing our residential assessment ratio on our properties. So right now we're at 9.5%. Um, can you see my little mouse here? Yeah. Okay. So you're, we're going to use basic numbers. $200,000 is your house, um, is what your market value of the property is. Um, and how they get to that number is they take 200,000 times 9.5%, which is what's in statute right now for on residential property. And then you add on your mills. So you take the 19, so the assessed value then is 19,000 in taxes. Okay. And so you have your, your K-12 levies of 20, um, 25 mills, um, your mandatory county levy of six, and then the foundation fund, which goes to the school foundation program. That's what... Okay you as an individual pay into the whole block grant for schools. Gotcha. And then um, additional countywide levies. Now this is dependent on your, on your community and what you guys decide you put on. So you have your county level levy of 12 mills and that goes to fund your county services. Um, two, two mills. At, this is an example. If you have a weed and pest, which I, I'm pretty sure every county has a weed and pest control. Right. Um, if you have a hospital district, this is again, an example, they use three mills, a conservation district might only levy one mill. And then um, there's a city or town that uh, levies for your municipality. So like the city of Sheridan and then your other special district levies. So a school rec district rec board, if you have that oh, no, a fire no, no, no. Okay. And, then, and then a cemetery. So you get a grand total of 76 mills. So you take um, that 19,000 from above is what your assessed value is of your property times 0.0760 so that's 76 mils and you take it because it's to the millionth so you take it 
the, um, to the right. Yeah. Yeah, and right. that's where you get the $1,400 in property tax. Gotcha. And then like you said, there's, what'd you say? 800 different special districts yeah. across the state. So then if you, um, you can see, this is just, I didn't list them all, but these are like kind of the main special districts. Right. So, and, and in our little book, it shows what they're able to levy per statute. So conservation is limited to one mil per every dollar. Um, downtown De development authorities can't exceed 30 mils. Um, fire protection can't exceed three mils. So you can see all the difference in the mills that they're levied. Right, right. Um, and wow, so these are all, these are all constitutional. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh no, these are these are legislative. They, these have been um, these are Wyoming statutes. These were laws that were put. In oh. Place. Yep. Okay. Yep. Wow. Okay. So the constitutional one is the twelve mil plus six. Okay. Um, for schools. Yep. For so, um, and they're not. It's not a bad thing. We need them for lots of different reasons. Right. Um, the problem is, is in a county budget, you have county commissioners. Um, just like your elected officials at the state level that are trained and it's kind of a full-time job of understanding the budgeting process. With some of these um, special districts, they have, it's not consistent in their makeup of who the, are on the boards. And again, some of the, the special districts do it really well. Like our conservation districts, there's about 30 of them. They work really hard to be extremely transparent, um, have amazing board representation and you know uh it sounds like it's not as hard to recruit members but they're um even i used to run a tourism board trying to recruit uh depending on the county trying to get someone on your lodging tax board to disperse those funds you're getting average joes off the street that this is the only tax thing that they might be operating in and they need you know the the state's working on regulation to work on training for these people um they're all required to audit. So some of them go out to get audits, but some communities don't even have CPAs that will audit these types of things. So they reply, rely on the state um, department of audit to come in and audit them to make sure they're doing things correctly. And they're not doing it out of waste or haste or, or because sure. they um, are just wanting to roll in the taxpayer dollars. It's truly because they, they don't know because there's so many rules around it. So, um, there's been a lot of, uh, there was a special district task force that was legislatively um, studied in the 2015-2016. They came out with a bunch of recommendations. Um, so there, it's just kind of like tax reform 2000. They're chipping away at those. Um, we're really impressed. There's some really good bills coming out of management audit committee um, for this session. Uh, so they're going to have like required training for a CFO and accountant and overseeing body clarifying statute um, to include recreation boards and special districts, um, requiring all state entities, so like sl the SLIB board to check with the Department of Audit before releasing grant funds. So like a rec di district couldn't go in for a grant if they haven't um, completed their audit correctly or done something correctly that they needed to do. Oh, and that sounds, that yeah. sounds like that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, so, so we're going to try to be pushing the needle on on looking again more at, at special district reform how can yeah. we because our you know our pillars are our cornerstones are is it justified is it equitable is it stable and is it transparent and and this one really is it transparent yeah um, do we feel good about the the dollars we're paying in i mean especially with our our uh, large taxpayers those mills add up very yeah. quickly 
Yep. So, so I was thinking as, you know, cause it's all based on property. Right. And right. as you kept going, I was like, Holy cow, you know, if you're in a County that has quite a few different levies, you know, or special districts, excuse me. Right. You're like, man, why do I, you know, why am I paying so much on some of these things? And, um, and then as you mentioned, every, di- every district, every different one has a different authority. And right. then now it's like, well, that's confusing. And, um, and then, you know, th- this, I'll probably try and share that this worksheet, although, you know, the links and stuff you shared with me, because in regards to property tax, you guys have a kind of an overview of, you know, how it breaks down and you've got special districts in here. Um, you, you know, the state makes roughly about 100, 113 million off, off those, you know, special districts. And Oh no, 1.2, billion. Oh yes. Yeah. 1.2 billion is collected right. in the special district. Yep. Excuse me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is it, the graph in the millions. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's quite a bit of money and we need to kind of know where all that's coming from and where it's going. And, um, and then at the state level, it's not reported consistently. So on the, on our publication, um, so we do, if you look at Sheridan County, um, yeah. you can scroll to that last page and you can see, cause your, your special districts are different than Johnson County. Exactly. It depends on what the voters decide and, and all that does have, have to be balloted on. And um, I had a huge panel at our annual meeting a couple of weeks ago and, and Chairman Zwanitzer of Corporations, who's doing some special district work and then also was on the task force, said, it, back to your point about the school board, if you don't like it, they have boards and committees that you can go and it's, you know, go talk to them and understand uh, what they're doing with those dollars or, or volunteer. <laughs> so it's just like all levels of government. Um, this is definitely at the lower level, but there's a ton of them. And so, uh, but if you look at the state where they record these dollars, it's kind of all over the place. So uh, I can't go to Department of Revenue and pull Sheridan County and see all your special districts. I have to go to Board of Equalization. And then I li- I'd like to match up to Department of Audit and then look at DOR's receipts to make sure we, we balanced everything correctly. So then I pull all your special districts, put it in one place. So the legislators appreciate and like this book um, that they can go to their county and see see what the changes have been in special districts. and then. In the back of the book, it has, I did not do all 800 districts, but I have um, some of the, the big ones in there that you can see the amount of dollars that they're levying, which ca- communities are taking care of, um, are taking advantage of it, and um, the statutes around, um, you know, what they're able to do with these districts. Um, because there is some legislation out there for new districts that we might not necessarily need because yeah. some other districts that they could take advantage of to get their services back to the infrastructure question um, to get uh, needs taken care of through other special districts. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, right, right here, we could go on a conversation here of, okay, let's, you have to go to three different agencies to make sure one County is up to date. That's a, that's to me, that's insane. That, right. that's and they realize okay. that, but they, yeah, so. they, they've made, and department of audits making a lot of recommendations and changes and um, it's just a big animal. <laughs> Well, and I, you know, at a time. not to, not to attack somebody in, that works in these, in these agencies, but I'm sorry, but if it takes three of you to get to one place, that's not okay. And, yeah. and as a taxpayer to me, that, that, that's offensive. Um, and so there's some fat, I see, like, we need to have this conversation of, yeah. you know, special districts, districts are fine. Like you said, for infrastructure, right? If Sheridan, I don't, you know, water whatever. and sewer is one, if it's outside yeah. the your municipal limits and you have like a big development coming in with a golf course that needs lots of water. 
Right. Um, yep. Our city has that with locally, you know, yep, with, you with start the, your own district. Yep. Yeah. And like I would bet our Sheridan or, or County Airport, you know, it's growing. And so I imagine there's something like, so I understand they're important, but I think the whole, like, if I wanted to know how many airport district, that was when that lost on the third vote in the Senate last year. Oh, well, so, well, and that's, let's see, isn't counties paid through the state somehow? Yeah. So they, they're trying to, the county pays for it. Um, and so they were saying that that's not enough to fund the services. So they're all looking for different, for a special district that would basically take care of itself and take it off the county's budget. So sometimes the, so I had, um, the panel I had was super interesting because I had county commissioners and um, legislators on it. And, you know, county commissioners love and hate special districts because (laughs) they don't have the money to pay for some of these services, but they also know the oversight is a little um, gray. So, um, well, let's work on making it not gray. Yeah, right. Interesting. Well, see, this is this. I'm I'm glad you brought it up in our email before we started because I was like, I don't know what special districts are. So now now I'm even more kind of like, well, I need to know. And it affects your property tax too as a taxpayer. So when you get your, um, property tax bill for the year, you can see all your mills and where it's levied and, and then it shows the amount. So you can see, you know, if they ever did raise the assessed valuation um, on our residential rate, you can see um, if, if it went from 9.5 to 10.5, your, your property tax isn't going up a percentage rate. Um, it would probably on your bill go up 20%. Um, but you can also see where to start funding like school districts and all these services we yeah. need. And so yeah. there's a fair distribution rate there. And that's probably the fairest way for um, citizens to start. If, if they decide that they want to be levied for these services, yeah. that is honestly the fairest way to get at that. I would agree. Cause then it, then it's down by community. Correct. I mean, mm-hmm. then that, yeah. So I, so I, right now a current provo- proposal is a um, county real estate transfer tax that they're looking at, but it would be, you'd have to put it on your own ballot. Um, I don't know if we'll weigh in on that one. It'll be extremely interesting to watch, but um, they're they're starting, the legislature is kind of getting clever um, and giving the counties option to decide if they're able to to put the levers on themselves. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, and last thing, um, I think these were your notes, current proposals, revenue and fiscal impacts. Uh, We don't need to go through all of them. Is there any any one or two that you were kind of like, you know? Yeah, so I can give like a, just a three minute overview uh, wrap up. But I would say the big um, conversation this year is that anything with a T in the title for tax is probably not going far. Um, So there was a fuel tax that was passed by joint transportation um, last week. Uh, It'd be five, it'd be 15 cents total, but five cents over a three year period. Um, And honestly, we we 100% always support fuel tax because it's a user fee. It goes straight to what um, our needs are. It goes to the roads. It doesn't go to a department or agency. That it, it's to take care of what we're using. Um, right. There is just no appetite this year on that. Um, so what I, I do forecast us seeing is um, there's been a big discussion around tax exemptions. Um, so we have no income tax. We have property tax and sales tax. Um, our sales tax, we have over 50 exemptions on the books. And that is something we will always advocate for. Not not all exemptions are created equal. Um, some are, are in place for economic development incentives. Some are in place for uh, smart collection of taxes. So back in the olden days, when you um, would go and buy a newspaper, you'd put a quarter in the slot at your post office, you know, and get a newspaper out. Remember those days? Now we yeah. just all subscribe. They were going to tax you a quarter of a dollar 
for, so you'd have to have 22 cents to get, or, or two cents plus your 25 cents, 27 cents to get your newspaper out. So there's some administration things um, in there. So one of the things they're trying to clean up is like not giving sales tax to pagers, one-way pagers anymore, which made all of us in the meeting laugh that that's even still in the books. Yeah. I don't even know anybody. I mean, I don't know what the fiscal note is on that because who has a pager anymore? Yes. Um, so that that one I think has a good choice, uh, good chance. Um, one that they're looking at is um, then they're going to stagger out exemptions on the sunset dates for those. So they're looking at removing the sales tax exemption for amusement and recreational services. So that mean like your ski lift tickets are going to start getting taxed if this passes. Um, personal services. So if you have a lawn, you pay tax if you are going to mow your own lawn and you buy a lawnmower, you pay tax on that. But if I pay you, Aaron, to come mow my lawn, there's no tax on that. Uh -oh. So personal services. So there'll be a big debate on which personal services, you know, sure. need to be taxed versus what. But okay. that was sunset in the proposal 2028. Um, engineering and management services. This one's a tough one for um, minerals and oil and gas. Yeah. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of engineers. Lot of and so do we put another tax on that group? Because it's going to be end up being on the end user. But we'll see that sunsets 2030, 2032 on business services. Um, and then I think they have one on um, legal services that just came out on the um, on. Uh, yep. Legal services that sunsets 2028. Sure. So do you pay uh, sales tax on on um, law services? So that's going to be a super interesting debate. Um, we will take positions if you can justify the exemption if, yeah. if your exemption lifts the tax base somehow we will certainly support it but if it's if it if we're just given the the um milk or the cow away you know yeah what is it oh gosh i got tongue-tied the giving the milk away you know the whole cow away instead of the milk um you know yep. we need to probably look at that sure. industrial revenue bonds is really interesting this episode is brought to you by Fly Sheridan. Save time, fly local, fly Sheridan. You can book your direct flight out of the Sheridan County Airport at united.com. Sorry about that. That's okay. There, we've got Ashley back. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about the rep. Yeah. So that would just be a creative way for communities to leverage the tax payments, get them at a later date. Um, and and have the authority to adjust for half of them. Um, or no, they wouldn't defer them. They would adjust for half of those taxes. Um, and so they'd be able to, to apply for, for large projects. Um, there's going to be a corporate income tax slash gross receipts tax, which I think they're now calling it. Yeah, go over that corporate, uh, the okay. corporate income gross. Yeah. So, yeah, so we they've looked at corporate income taxes a couple of different times because of, I should back up, because of our constitution, any tax you pay in, you get credited back. Um, and so that'd be for personal income tax or corporate income tax. Um, so it, it, they, the studies that they have looked at, um, if they did a flat corporate income tax on all other industries, I mean, minerals would obviously exempt out because they, everything they pay in would credit back to them. So if you look at taxing like a Walmart or um, a Safeway or, you know, your local grocer, um, at the end of the day, you know, they would get credited back their property tax and sales tax, and then they would they would pay, you know, what's left of that, that, that difference. Right. What they realize is that they can only raise, because you'd have to implement a whole new system and it'd be extremely controversial, 20 to 25 million a year, which is not, it's kind of a drop in the bucket when you're looking yeah. at property and sales tax. 
So they've gotten creative and now are looking at a franchise tax. And um, right now they're looking at a study that would impose a quarter penny tax on companies' labor or gross receipts, which is which is tough because if you don't net, you're going to be taxes on taxed on income you didn't even receive. Mm -hmm. um, so they're going to study that, and then if if it works out, they'll they'll work on um, implementation in 2026. Gotcha. Um, ag land valuation I think is really important. That's going to be a draft proposal to raise the ag land valuation threshold to 5,000. So right now there's exemptions um, if you produce more than $500 worth of um, product, then you get exempted and get into the ag land. Well, you get put in the ag land category of valuation on your property, which is extremely low. Sure. Um, so they're going to say you have to produce $5,000 in goods. And I think Wyoming Stock Growers Association um, is on board with that without stating their position. I don't know if they voted yet, but typically our ag groups are supportive of this. They know that threshold is really low. Um, they just want to make it where our our uh, young producers can get in and still take advantage of that. So um, that one's looking interesting and potentially go through. Gotcha. Uh, Joint Corporations is looking at a tourism improvement, uh, improvement district. Um, we talked about the fuel tax and then some of the cleanup. They're looking at management audit. Uh, so I would say just really the theme is exemption bills. There, there will definitely be some um, utility taxes on renewables that I think they're going to be considering again, um, again, at assessment ratios on centrally assessed uh, renewable projects. So that will be interesting, um, but nothing major on, on that one. big bills for my industry folks, but nothing super major, like yeah. big corporate income tax. That franchise one is, is pretty huge. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting one. Um, it's a study want, to start. Yeah. Um, on the, on the utility one in, in renewables, um, I gotta pull that one up. is, is the, Oh, I see your note here. So clarification, you know, of, of what that means. And, um, cause I know the big conversation is, and I, I agree. I, I don't think we need to call out one side of the industry. I think it's, you know, it's one way or the other here. And I think, um, especially with like the nuclear power plant coming in on Kemmer, you know, I think is, is that something that this would cover? Well, they already, they've already imposed a 5%, uh, um, kilowatt hour tax on that. Oh, wow got that done like two years ago okay uh, we just haven't had any product to tax so the, i think there'll be negotiation that and that down the road with that coming in but this project that was announced um they won't be because it's a it's a project I, I think they're exempt for that while they're testing it out sure sure sure, um, sure, sure, sure. i'm sorry i'm looking for the because the this has changed so i can give you the conceptual thought on what they're looking at with renewables um, so properties that are centrally assessed, that means they're assessed not by your local county assessor, but by the state because they're so large and they might travel over county. So like think pipelines, um, definitely wind projects. Uh, the, I mean, there's a lot of industries that are touched by this. A lot of oil and gas is touched by this. Um, they'll be, they'll have the state assessor come out and say, this is what it's valued at. And then that's how they set the tax rate. Well, um, the local assessors match up to those numbers, but they don't get all the data on how to assess it. And um, there was some um, some disagreement with some of the renewable properties from the local to the state level. 
Right. So the locals are asking for some of that information. And then I think this proposal is going to look at some of the assessment ratios around renewable properties. I don't have that bill in front of me, so I am very much speculating. That's okay. Um, what that's going to look like, but that's been the conversation I could say. And so um, we will see. I, I don't think my group will love it because it's discriminatory to an industry and if yeah. centrally assessed product uh, uh, properties. It should all be assessed the same and they just need to pick a lane. Um, if it goes to being locally assessed, then that would, you know, then they could, they could argue that. But um, some of that information at the, at the state level, and you'll understand this from a mineral producer is very confidential. Um, and um, so there's yeah. some confidentiality around all of it, sure. whether or not you like renewables or not. It, it's a little discriminatory to some of our some of our industries. So I've, I've yet to see that. I'm sure my group will be having a big talk about that here later this week um, as well, we well, dive into these bills. You said the most important thing that I've always said is everyone's got to pick a lane. You know, which which one are you? You know, and, and that's and you can't you can't have kind of this you know, gray area, I think with that, cause then it's, are you, are you the same as oil and gas industries? Or are you not? Cause then, you know, if you're saying it's confidential, then, okay, then, you know, I, I think there's a conversation for that versus um, if you're not, then, you know, I don't see why these local communities can't, you know, give me, give, give us all the information, you know? So uh, I think what you just said is they, but, everyone's got to be fair. One industry, they don't get to know and one industry they do. So exactly. it's like exactly. take the lane. And so they tried to do it with Senate file 69, getting the confidentiality on everyone. Well, everyone kicked back pretty damn hard on that. So that <laughs> went down in flames. Um, so now they're just trying to single out, which I think that's also detrimental to them. Um, but I haven't really looked at how they set up this new, um, and I don't think it, it looks like it's not loaded yet. So I don't know um, what that's going to look like right? Uh, for this okay. next round. But I'd be more than happy to give a follow-up if it passes. Yeah. Well, and I, that's a lot for the listeners. You know, I think we covered a lot of good stuff. You know, I, I think the most important thing is um, kind of a recap of kind of what's happened the last year and a half and kind of what they're looking at this budget session. Um, you know, kind of the... The uh, coincidences, you know, we got lucky with kind of the ARPA, um, the uh, CARES Act, um, you know, for now, I, I should be, you know, should, you know, for now we're okay. And um, the Craig report is reporting that we may actually have a surplus this year, which um, 1.3 billion. Yeah, which I think needs to be the conversation of what we do with the surplus. Um, and then kind of, you know, it, they're kind of footnote conversations, but I do think we're having conversations about you know, how do we clean up K-12 a little bit and not really like full on change K-12, but just how it's funded, where things come from, you know, how we're tracking it. Um, the special districts, you know, I can streamline efficiencies in K-12. Yes. If I could direct that conversation is what we would push for because yeah. everyone's come to the table. Yes. Um, and they have locally, but it doesn't still change their distribution formula. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, and I think, um, that's huge. You know, if everyone's coming to the table and saying, Hey, let's streamline this. I think that's important, you know, cause I think, um, you know, people are willing to compromise and people are willing to have that conversation. So that's good to hear. Um, I think maybe uh, the last thing for WTA is maybe services, you know, talking about maybe just, just the conversation, not that we have to make any actions, but just conversations of, you know, what services, uh, can communities, 
you know, go without or, you know, and again, maybe this goes into the special districts conversation. You know, I, I think, you know, we stream sure for it. Yeah. 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 Uh, anything I missed that we covered? Ashley? No, I think, I, I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, we are extremely dependent, whether you like it or not on the minerals on revenue. And mm -hmm. if, um, we want to get off that. Honestly, we're going to have to tax our residents more and tax ourselves more. That includes myself. And I'm not a pro-taxer. I'm not anti-tax. It's just like what, what brings the balance and um, whether or not our legislature decides to look at that structural right now while we're flush um, will be a policy decision that they're going to be facing, you know, the, this, this biennium and certainly into next, but they, they're back to having cushion um, to, to look at that methodically. So that's, that's good and bad. And, and we will certainly be watching spending um, and following that budget super close and yeah. seeing how they plug things and taking advantage of the opportunity of some of the, the, the dollars we have coming our way from revenue and from, from federal, but I'd say this group's been pretty conservative about what they're taking from the from the federal government. So, yeah, which I which I, you know, I personally believe is good because there's always going to be strings attached to those sure. those dollars. But um, no, Ashley, this was great. Um, you know, uh, real quick, how could someone reach out to you and the WPA um, and find, you know, you mentioned kind of all these links you sent me yeah. are up there. Yep. So if you go to just WYOTX org yotax.org um, all of our information is free and out there for the public um, our mission is to promote sound tax policy for a healthy wyoming economy um, we're made up of individuals uh, to all sorts of different industry players and um, anyone's welcome to join if you want to look at our membership stuff it's it's online but we're a uh, um, 501c uh, three and a 501c4 so we have membership base and then we also have a research arm that's um, 501c3. So all that information's out there and please, if I can help direct traffic, I'm more than happy to, I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah, no, you, you, you're, you're, to me, you're an expert on everything we covered, you know, uh, just always getting new stuff every time we talk. Um, but, um, I will say this, Ashley, cause this was our, was this our third time? I this think so. Third, yeah. yeah. Um, we try and make it a point to at least do maybe twice a year, you know, get you after session and get you right before session. This, this year was weird. Cause you know, we had the special session and as you mentioned, all the committees are meeting because, you know, now they've got session coming up. So um, but be on the lookout. I always have Hash Ashley on at least once a year to give us a recap of what's going on. Maybe talk, you know, give details on a new tax or a new bill that was trying to be proposed. So, um, no, Ashley, I appreciate it. This was a sure. long one. And I appreciate your time. It's busy right now for you. Um, and and thank you for all the info. I th You know, I yeah. learned a lot about special districts, which I think is important. Yeah. Okay. Well, great to see you, Aaron. And then yeah. just give me a call if you have any questions. Absolutely. Thanks, Ashley. Okay. We'll talk to you soon.